We're heading to the mid-80s and talking about Beastie Boys. It's Fight for Your Right on the Super Hits Podcast. Let's do it. I'm MC Mega Mix, and I'm here to say I like to host podcasts in a rapping way. I'm here with my co-host, and he's shooting from the hip. He's a fresh DJ who's also known as Slip. Fucking terrible. <laughs> Woo! Oh. Oh. oh! Hello, friends. Episode 116 of the Super Hits Podcast. In the past two weeks, we have helped you get your uh, body moving, body, body moving. Uh-huh. That's a Beastie Boys reference. Yeah. Uh, as we have taken a lot, got a lot of pretty up-tempo hits from the 80s and 90s. Today is no exception. We're about to kick it. <laughs> yes. With a look at open parenthesis. You got a close parenthesis. Fright for your right. Open parenthesis to party. Exclamation point. Close parenthesis by the Beastie Boys. That's the last time I'm going to say it that way. Uh-huh. I'm going to call it by what it's called on the album, which is Fight for Your Right. Should we just get into it? Here we go. Now, now I know that was a bad intro. Like, I know that. That was the whole point. Fantastic. You know, like, white people nope. rapping and, like, your teacher would rap in, like, 1989. Uh-huh. That's the, that was the point of it. It was supposed to be, like, totally nerdy. So oh, it's like, oh, write a report about this book, but do it in rap lyrics. <laughs> Terrible. Yep. Uh, Beastie Boys uh, started out as a hardcore punk group. In the early days, the band supported Bad Brains, Dead Kennedys, Misfits, and Reagan Youth at venues such as CBGB, A7, Trudy Heller's Place, and Max's Kansas City in and around New York City. In November 1982, the Beastie Boys recorded the 7-inch EP Polywog Stew at the uh, 171A Studios. It is an early recorded example of New York hardcore. At this point, the group consisted of Adam Yauch, Mike Diamond, John Barry, and a future Luscious Jackson drummer, Kate Schellenbach. All right. Adam Horowitz of the group The Young and the Useless joined the Beasties in 1982 after Barry's departure. Uh, though still a hardcore band, they started to get interested in the burgeoning NYC hip-hop scene. All right. Uh, the band recorded its first hip-hop track, Cookie Puss, <laughs> uh, which was based on a prank call by the group to the... Uh, Carvel ice cream franchise in uh-huh. 1983. Very jerky boys-ish. Uh-huh, I'm sure. Uh, it was part of the band, the new lineup's first EP, which was also called Cookie Puss, uh, which was the first piece of work that showed their incorporation of the underground rap phenomenon and the use of samples. It quickly became a hit in the New York underground dance clubs and nightclubs. Uh, following the success of Cookie Puss, the band began to incorporate rap into their sets. They hired a DJ for their live shows. That DJ would be New York University student Rick Rubin, yes, who uh, at the time also began producing records. Uh, as the band was transitioning to hip-hop, Schellenbach was fired in 1984, with uh, Mike Diamond taking over on drums. In their 2018 memoir, uh, Beastie Boys Book, Horowitz uh, requested, expressed regret for firing Schellenbach, which he attributed to her not fitting in with the new tough rapper guy identity. Oh, Jesus. Uh, now going by the names MCA, Ad Rock, and Mike D., Yauk, Horvitz, and Diamond cut the single Rock Hard for Def Jam. Uh, the Beastie Boys would then tour with Public Image Limited in 1986 and then scored the opening slot on Madonna's The Virgin Tour. That's amazing. You can imagine how that went, by the way. They were, people did not like them. Nope. Um, later in the year, they were part of Run DMC's Raising Hell Tour along with Houdini, LL Cool J, and. Timex Social Club. Oh, that's amazing. I, I referenced that tour uh, when I did Rumors a few weeks ago. Oh, that's right. Uh, thanks to this exposure, their single Hold It Now hit it charted on Billboard's US R&B and Dance Charts. Uh, She's On It from the Crush Groove soundtrack continued in a rap slash metal vein 
while a double A-side 12-inch Paul Revere slash The New Style was released at the end of the year as well. The group's debut album, Licensed Ill, was recorded in 1985 and 86 at Chungking Studio in New York City. It became one of the best-selling rap albums of, all t- uh, of the 80s and the first rap album to go to number one in the Billboard 200 chart, yes. where it stayed for five weeks. I'm tapping my arm. <laughs> it also reached number two on the top R&B album chart. It was Def Jam's fastest-selling debut record to date and sold over 9 million copies. Uh, Jesus. All right. Uh, although the group has sold over 26 million records in the U.S., Fight for Your Right is their only single to peak in the U.S. Top 20. So let's take a closer look at the song. Um, it clocks in at 3 minutes and 29 seconds. Oh. A little short. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> One more second. Uh, the single was rena- renamed to the long version and was released in late November 1986 as the album's fourth single. Uh, the covers vary. Uh, one version features a black and white photo of the B-Boys with just this massive boombox. Uh-huh. Uh, there's another one uh, that makes it look like, uh, you know, it's got like the stylus and the needle and whatever. A uh, few different versions. A lot that I found on Discogs just were had no cover. Mm-hmm. Um, Discogs lists 18 versions of the single. Uh, most feature the album cut Paul Revere on the B-side. Some versions also feature an extended mix of She's On It. Fight for Your Right has appeared on many different compilations, including a few notables. We have uh, 1987's Rock the Night, uh, just a bunch of Europe, Van Halen, Aerosmith, Motorhead, and the Beastie Boys. Makes sense. We've got K-Tow's Wow, What a Party. <laughs> Quality Records' The Rock Album. Uh-huh. Uh, then it gets a little out of the rock realm. We've got a 1988 comp for CBS Sony called Mega Bass, You Won't Believe Our Ears. <laughs> okay. We've got Rap's Biggest Hits, Yo Rap, and Jeff... Def Jam Classics Volume 1, but you know the one that I want to talk about. Yes, please. Polly Tell's 1989 Canadian compilation classic, Rap Tracks. Yes. Um, we have a whole episode on the uh, Mezzanine Sleepover podcast from years ago where we talk about all the Rap Tracks records. Go check it out. Uh, there are a few Beastie Boys' greatest hits packages. Fight for Your Right appears on 1999's The Sound of Science Anthology and on 2005's Solid Gold Hits. It also appears on the 2020 compilation Music, which was released in conjunction with the Beastie Boys book. Uh, out there in TV and movie land, uh, Fight for Your Right has appeared on a 1988 episode of Day by Day. The 1988, 1988 film Too Hot to Trot. Oh, Jesus. Who's in that one? Is it I, Sam Kinison in a horse? I don't even know. God. I think so. Your favorite movie of all time, 1990's Look Who's Talking To. Come on. Uh, you can only, you can only imagine the scene, by the way. I'm guessing that the baby is left alone and makes a mess, and they play the song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we skip ahead a few years. 2005 50 Cent movie Get Rich or Die Trying. 2010 episode of Dancing on Ice. Uh, the 2012 film Fun Size. We've got a 2005 episode of Simpsons. 2014 episode of Wimbledon. A 2014 episode of uh, Dancing with the Stars. Oh, come on. I can't, I'm and uh, 2021 America the Motion Picture and a 2020 episode of the Finnish version of The Masked Singer. All right. Which I love the thought of someone in a costume rapping to fight for your right. In Finland. Like, it is like they're set on uh, Masked Singer. Uh-huh. Fight for your right has been used as an entrance theme by a number of professional wrestlers. Of course it has. Uh, Noah's Daisuke Ikeda. Uh, Europa tag team, the hooligans, uh, another Europa wrestler, Costa Capardos, and the indie wrestler, uh, Toga Boy. Okay. 
Uh, the most popular use in wrestling, however, was by uh, former GLWF great Big John Stu Jr. <laughs> on the April 19th episode of the WAWF's Jungle Boogie program. Yes. <laughs> ah, I love it. I knew you'd love that one. According to setlist.fm, the B-Boys uh, first played Fight for Your Right live on December 26, 1986 at the Ritz in New York City. I'm not sure if that's correct. Probably not. Uh, but hey, uh, they didn't play this much after their 1987 tour, though the set, uh, the set list has a handful of dates in 92 and 94 where they played it live. Uh, I can only assume they tried to do it ironically. Uh-huh. Like, I would imagine based on where they went with their music over the years that they tried to distance themselves from because oh, this is like goofy rap, you know? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And while they were goofy, yeah. it wasn't quite so overtly like like this was. Yeah. Though I would I would deign to say that most of this song is fairly, you know, it's it's not it's not terribly like it, I, the song itself with the lyrics haven't aged as terribly as like say the video or some of their other output. But we'll yeah, but also recording this song in your like early twenties, like when you're forty, yeah. <laughs> fucking no, playing no fight way. for your right in concert, no. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, some notable performances that they did uh, included on Netherlands Countdown Show in 1986, a 1987 episode of Late Show starring Joan Rivers, who loved the Beastie Boys. Because mm-hmm. they were all just like acted up and did shenanigans. Yep. Uh, MTV Spring Break 1987. There also is a terrible performance from Germany, West Germany in 1987 that's on YouTube. By God, it's brutal. Okay. <laughs> uh, during performances in 1987, the group would also employ a visual aid, a 20-foot hydraulically powered penis that engorged during the song. Of course. (laughs) After they played Columbus, Georgia on February 28th, 1987, officials in that city passed an anti-lewdness law Uh that threatened acts with arrest if they fell afoul of that law. Oh, wow. uh, They set the the bar quite low. Well, they stopped uh, lewdness, so that's good. (laughs) Way to go, Columbus, Georgia. Uh Uh, I don't have anything else, so we can go to lyrics. Here we go. Oh, the lyrics to Fight for Your Right, written by Adam Yauch, uh, along with his band friend uh, Tom, Tommy Triphammer Cushman, who actually appears in the video, was intended as a parody of party and attitude-themed songs, such as uh, Smoking in the Boys' Room and I Want to Rock. Uh-huh. Uh, however, the irony was lost on most listeners. Mike D. commented that the only thing that upsets me is that we have, uh, we have reinforced certain values of some people in our audience when our own values were actually totally different. There were tons of guys singing along to Fight for Your Right who were oblivious to the fact that it was a total goof on them. To that I say, it's great to grow as a person, but were you really thinking that when you were like 19? I mean, I don't know, but let, let's say that they were fucking around. I mean, who's taking this song seriously? Like, no, I know, someone exactly. says like, yeah, like, fuck being serious. This song's my anthem. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, the visuals they employed, yeah. women in cages dancing, for sure. You've yeah. had some apologies to make there, but for this song, I don't really see it. Maybe for the big giant dink. Uh-huh. Uh, according to Song Facts, after the song took off, uh, Beastie Boys got more and more outrageous in their stage antics and interviews. They were like professional wrestlers, playing up a gimmick, but also becoming the character, and it started to wear thin. Fight for Your Right could have easily defined the group, but they had the good sense to disown it as a novelty and move forward in a more mature but still mischievous direction. Uh-huh. Uh, they stopped performing the song when they finished touring in 1987. Uh, they did, of course, perform it a few more times in the early 90s. Uh, there are three verses to this song. It's basically about how ad- adults ruin your life and keep you from partying. Yeah, I like where uh, I like when they kick or throw the band name in there, right? Your mom busted in and said, what's that noise? Oh, mom, you're just jealous. It's the Beastie Boys. That's my favorite lyric as well. Yeah. I like that their mom is so jealous of their music. Yep. 
That's amazing. Uh, don't take our word for it, though, folks. What are they saying out there in cyberspace? You really, people have things to say. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. There's a lot here. Okay. okay. All from song meetings, my friend. Of, of, where else? All right. So over at song meetings, Adele De Forever says, The teen party anthem, the Beastie Boys are amazing, shout it out at a party. Yeah. That. Uh-huh. Uh, Bert XX says, this song was actually making fun of all the songs that are like, leave me alone, I can do what I want. But everyone loved the song so much and thought it was serious, so the Beastie Boys had to pretend it was serious. Uh, well, okay, yeah. Uh, KMK Natasha said, this song is about the importance of fighting for your right to party. <laughs> Parents try to suppress it, but the party must rage on. Oh, Jesus. To that I say, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> It's about the title. Yep. Um, Core Rules with a Z says, about rebelling against your parents, but still a fun song. <laughs> what? This so is all bad, but it's about rebelling yeah, against your parents. Yeah, yeah. But still fun. Uh, Jamie Lee said, after MCA died and Coldplay did a live tribute by covering the track. And so Jamie Lee said, after MCA died and Coldplay did a live tribute uh -huh. by covering the track. Here's what she said. Or he, maybe. I mean, I'm a Jamie. Could be a dude. Hearing the recent Coldplay cover slash tribute of the song changed the meaning of the song for me, or rather added an additional one. I understand now that the song is about how difficult it is to gain independence from your parents and try to figure out who you are while also trying to survive in the real world. Yeah, that's, I get that from the lyric, your mom threw away your best porno mag. So, yes. Yeah, got it. Uh, thanks to Chris Martin for for playing it on a piano and yeah. changing your, your, your whole thought process about the song. Uh, finally, this you're going to love this. This might be one of our greatest comments ever in the history of the show. Okay. Mule Train Ho wrote, why they quit making this type of music really stumps my ass. License Deal was awesome, yo. They could have been the best-selling group ever if they would have just kept on making the same type of corny music. Why? <laughs> then Mule Train, on another comment, wrote their own rap song about the B-Boys. Oh, would you no. like to hear it? <laughs> yes. Okay. I love the record I brought at home. I played the CD. I loved it. Yo. Too bad I bought another after License to Ill. It made me so sick, I took some pills. <laughs> I never bought another Beastie Boy CD. They lost their mojo or give to D. Why they quit singing the cool shit, I never know. But now the Beastie Boys just really blow. <laughs> Will Train Ho. Yes. It's the greatest rap ever on songmeanings.com. Uh, thank you. Let's move on to reception. Here we go. Wow. <sighs> Uh, Fight for Your Right entered the uh, Billboard Hot 100 on December 20th, 1986 at number 86 uh, between Graceland by Paul Simon and This Is The World Calling by Bob Geldof. All right. Uh, Graceland had peaked in 81 and was on its way out. I listened to it. It's not a good song. It's... Um, I don't think it's a good song, but I mean, some people might like it. It's... But I was just like, Ugh. It's fine. I'm shocked that it didn't chart higher, but I guess, you know, What's whatever. It? Not a fan. Yeah. Um, me, but you, big fan. Nope. That'll be your next cover. You're going to cover Graceland. Shut up. Next time. Uh, this is the world calling. We go on to peak in 82. It's fine, kind of boring, but okay-ish. Okay. okay. Uh, Fight for Your Right peaked at number seven in the U.S. on March 7th, 1987. Uh, the rest of the top ten that week. At number one, Bon Jovi with Living on a Prayer. Yes. Huey Lewis in the News uh, with Jacob's Ladder. All right. We've got You Got It All uh, by the Jets at number three. All right. 
Linda Ronstead and James Ingram with somewhere out there, open parenthesis from, quote, an American tale, Ugh. close quotes, open, close parenthesis. Ugh. Number five, Bruce Willis with Respect Yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, number six, the Georgia Satellites with Keep Your Hands to Yourself. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Fight for Your Right. And number eight, hi there. It's Pete. Yes. With Big Time. Woo. At number nine, Bruce Hornsby in the Range with Mandolin Rain. And at number 10, a beautiful song, Let's Wait a While by Janet Jackson. All right. It's not bad. Uh, internationally, Fight for Your Right hit number 37 in Australia, 25 in West Germany, 17 in New Zealand, 16 in Belgium and Ireland, and 10 in the Netherlands. In the UK, it peaked at 11 during the week of uh, March 22nd to 28th, 1987. Uh, the UK top ten that week. Oh let's no! See if, let's see how this one goes. Eh, a little bit of uh, a little bad, little good. Uh, Mel and Kim with respectable at number one. Okay. Boy George, everything I own at number two. A 1987 version of I Get the Sweetest Feeling by Jackie Wilson at number three. <laughs> okay. Number two, uh, four, you two with or without you. Uh, number five, Freddie Mercury with The Great Pretender. Number six, Alison Moyette with Weak in the Presence of Beauty. Bruce Willis, somehow, <laughs> respect yourself. Uh-huh. Something called Mental as Anything with a song called Live It Up at number eight. Okay. Uh, let's Wait a While at number nine. And at number ten, Sign of the Times by Prince. Nice. So uh, some good, some eh. uh, In Canada, Fight for Your Right entered the RPM Top 100 on February 14th, 1987 at number 92 uh, between Peter Cetera's Big Mistake and uh, The Cock and Red Riders one more time. <laughs> Fucking the cock. Love it. Love it. Uh, big mistake. Never got higher than 91 in Canada. I said it's surprisingly up-tempo and actually not that bad. Okay. Uh, one more time with peak at number 85. I wrote, eh, it exists. Okay. Uh, Fight for Your Right would peak at number 7 on April 4th, 1987. Uh, the rest of the RPM top 10 in Canada that week. Uh, Starship. Nothing's going to ta- stop us now at number 1. Nice. Somewhere out there at number 2. Living on a Prayer at number 3. Samantha Fox at number four with Touch Me, I Want Your Body. <laughs> yes. Number five, Final Countdown by Europe. Uh, number six, Amazulu with Montego Bay. Oh, no. All right. Terrible. Uh, number seven, Fight for Your Right. Uh, number eight, Club Nouveau with Lean on Me. Yes. At number nine, a reissue of At This Moment by Billy Vera and the Beaters. Yeah, I think it was on, uh, I know it was on an episode of Family Ties. I don't know where else yeah. it was, but yeah. Very exciting that in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, number 10, Chicago with Will You Still Love Me. All right. And now for your RPM Magazine tidbit. Yes. From the April 4th, 1987 issue. It is Walt Says Column, editor and publisher Walt Grealis had this juicy item. I must say that after publishing RPM for the past 23 years, I was rather shaken at a, and at a loss for words when I learned the mayor of Ottawa had named March 21st, ni- March 21st 1987 as Walt Grealis Day. Oh, come on. This was a well-kept secret, and I knew nothing about it until they asked me on stage where Harvey Glatt made the presentation. My thanks to all of those who were involved, particularly the Esquires, who are still rocking and rolling. Fuck. You know what? Walt Grealis, two talents, editing a magazine and sucking himself off. <laughs> you know what, though? We make fun, but RIP in peace to Walt, yep. who passed away in 2004. Yep. Uh, his honors include an officer of the Order of Canada in 1993. Hey, he was inducted into the Canadian Country Music Hall of Fame in 1999, and at the Juno Awards in 2004, they created an award for him, an Industry Achievement Award. So, you it, know, we make fun, but, you know. He basically created the top 100, I think, so in did. Canada. He's, so he's definitely yeah. an influential guy, yeah. but we like to make fun of his columns. Yeah. So, anyway, there you go.
Uh, anyway, Fight for Your Right was ranked 71 in Canada and 98 in the U.S. in the uh, year-end charts for 87. It is certified uh, silver in the U.K. On Spotify, it has uh, over 185 million streams. The official music video has 68 million views since 2010 on YouTube. In 1986, the Village Voice named it the 12th best single of the year. Uh, NME ranked it number 14 for 1987. In 1995, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame listed it as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Really? Yeah. In 1999, MTV ranked the video 66 on the 100 greatest music videos ever made. And I thought, you know, we would just check in with what our pal Robert Criscow at The Village Voice thought about <laughs> License to Ill. All right. The wisecracking arrogance of this record is the only rock and roll attitude that means diddly right now. With the mainstream claimed by sincere craftspeople and the great tradition uh, of Elvis Presley, Escatera, Creedence Clearwater Revival, The Sex Pistols, and Madonna sucked into a cultural vacuum by nitwit anarchists and bohemian sourpusses. Oh, no. Three white jerk-offs and their crazy producer are set to go platinum plus with black music that's radically original, childishly simple, hard to play, and accessible to anyone with two ears and an ass. <laughs> Drinking, robbing, rhyming, and pillaging, busting open your locker and breaking your glasses. The beasties don't just thumb their noses at redeeming social importance. They pull out their jammies and shoot it in the cookie puss. <laughs> if you don't like the joke, you might as well put your money where your funny bone is and send a check to the PMRC. A plus. Oh, wow. All highest right. rating he gives. Nice. Amazing All right. review, by the way, from Chris Gow. Thank you, Robert. Let's go to covers and samples. Here we go. So who sampled? That list 66 songs that have sampled Fight for Your Right. Um, in fact, the Fight for, right, Fight for Your Right guitar, not a sample. All right. I actually can't find There's no credit for who played it. Carrie uh, King, uh, I believe, is of Anthrax, played uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, but there's no... There's actually no credit for who plays guitar and fight for your right. But anyway, 66 songs have sampled it. The most obvious, Public Enemy, sampled the track on their 1988 song, Party for Your Right to Fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is uh, very political and is an awesome jam. Eminem in 2013 uh, uh, sampled uh, uh, Fight for Your Right on his track, Berserk. Uh, the song also features Rick Rubin, and I said it's pretty decent. Okay. Of course, there's NWA's 8-Ball, which is a great track. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, other samples include Rapid Fire, we've got Sublime on the song uh, Garden Grove, uh, Digital Underground on Sound of the Underground, De La Soul on Ego Tripping Part 2, Terminator X on Juvenile Delinquents, <laughs> and Ice-T on the track Our Most Requested Record, and of course the B-Boys themselves on their track Johnny Rial from Paul's Boutique. Uh, who sampled actually lists 19 covers of Fight for Your Right, uh, some notables. We've got a 1998 version by a group called NYCC, mm-hmm. which reached the top 20 in nine countries in Europe and Australia and New Zealand. Uh, in the United Kingdom, where it peaked at number 14, it was the first song by a German hip-hop group to reach the top 25. Uh, I write, it's basically... Yeah, of course. It sucks ass. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, there's a Richard Cheese easily easy listening version from 2000 uh, that isn't great. There's a modern rock band called These Nuts that did a cover from in 2008. I wrote Awful. Yep. Uh, there's an 8-bit arcade version that humps, baby. Oh, yeah? All right. And, of course, we get the Rockabye Baby version, which is fantastic. All right. Um, should we go to the video? Here we go. So the video was directed by Rick Manello and Adam Dubin. Uh, there are numerous cameos in the video, including future MTV VJ Tabitha Soren. There's photographer Ricky Powell. There are members of the punk rock band Murphy's Law, as well as Rick Rubin, uh, who was shown wearing an ACDC and Slayer shirt. 
Slayer, of course, was signed to Def Jam at the time. Uh, the video uh, begins uh, as a mother and father tell their two sons to stay out of trouble while they are away. When they leave, the two boys, who are super nerds, yep. decide to have a party, hoping no bad people show up. This prompts the arrival of Ad-Rock, Mike D, and MCA at the party. The trio starts all kind of trouble within the house, such as chasing and kissing girls, starting fires, bringing more troublesome people into the house, spiking the punch, smashing things, and starting a massive pie fight. As the pie fight reaches its peak, Ad-Rock, Mike D, and MCA run away because the party became too much even for them. Uh, as the video ends, the remaining party goes shout along to the final course of party, and the mother comes in at the end and gets pie in the face. Yep. Uh, my notes, uh, there's a lot going on, so I'm just going to list my favorite things. Okay. Um, I wrote, this is so cheaply produced, it's hilarious. Uh, Ad Rock wraps right in this one nerd's face, and it's classic. Yep. Uh, Mike D's wearing this leather pork pie hat that is just a terrible fashion choice. MCA lights an issue of Popular Mechanics on fire. <laughs> Which is funny, because MCA probably reads Popular, probably read Popular Mechanics at yeah. the time. Uh, when they yell the chorus into the phone, the camera pushes right into MCA's mouth. I wrote, so gross. <laughs> uh, a classic B-Boys trope hits as they spike the punch with Spanish Fly. Uh -huh. I wrote, problematic. Uh -huh. I do like how Mike D is wearing a huge Volkswagen logo on a chain. That's a nice touch. I like how in this posh house, the word bathroom is scrawled on the door. <laughs> uh, the punch is now smoking like it's a witch's brew in a cauldron, which I love. Um, the walls are shaking like paper. Uh-huh. Because just they're, it's just a warehouse paper with fake walls. walls. Yep. And uh, just like in the She Drives Me Crazy video we spoke about last week, we get a camera shot from underneath a glass table. Yep. Which I, I guess I enjoy. I do enjoy the Beastie Boys berating a sheepdog, <laughs> which is a nice little a nice little part. Uh, when they say the your bus in and says what's that noise line in the video, it's supposed to be your mom busts in and says what's that noise. In the video, it's just some man. Yep. Some random like chubby dude with a beard. I feel it was done on purpose. Uh -huh. uh, Rick Rubin gets pied so many times. More pies. MCA smashes a TV with a light, a sledgehammer, and the pie fight continues as the B-Boys escape. Any other thoughts from you? Um, I'll talk my notes when we rate it. Well, let's go to the rating. All right, buddy. All right. What do you think of the video? Um, I, I like the quiet nerds. Right. Yes. We can invite all our friends. <laughs> Classic line. From a music yep. video, uh, you know, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. The song is stupid. The video is stupid. Yep. Um, everybody's having fun. It's well produced. There are shenanigans galore. Little <laughs> bit of troublesome uh, things. Yep. Maybe yep. A, a little manhandly with the women. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, everyone seems to be enjoying it. So, you know, I guess I'll let it pass. But, you know, probably yep. some things you'd say, ah, oh, let's not do that if we're into 2023. Uh I was going to give this an 8 out of 10, but then they chastised the dog for not cutting his hair, yes. and that gets an extra point. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Oh, I love how you bumped it up an extra point. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's iconic for sure. There are plenty of classic scenes. Uh, for the time and the budget, I mean, this perfectly captures the mood and the feel of the song. It's really dated, but I think the Beastie Boys come across exactly as they do uh, in the song itself. I'm going to call this a success. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yes. Nice. Uh, song time. Oh, yeah. The song. Oh, I'm, like, I'm like, what are we doing rate next song, week? Buddy. I forgot about rating the song. Oh, jeez. Come on. Uh, song's fine. Uh, it's, it's you know, it's 40 years old almost. Yep. So it's worn on me. It's a funny yep. joke that you keep telling. <laughs> 
yes. over and over and over again. Um, obviously, they went on to do much better music. Uh, yeah. I'll give it a five out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I loved this when I was a kid, and I mean, I loved it. Um, but it's just so far what the B-Boys would eventually become. I mean, by like 1992, they were legitimately like really good songwriters. Yeah. And I, it bothers me that the song is like, this is this is the only Beastie Boys in Winnipeg you'd ever hear on the radio. Uh-huh. Throughout all the years, it'd be like, oh, here's Fight for Your Right on Power 97. Yeah. Like, play me some Jimmy James or something. God, anyway. Um, still, I mean, it's got a strong nostalgia factor. The rhyme, There's some really funny rhymes in this uh, song. I'm going to also give it a 5 out of 10. All right. Fight for Your Right. Nice. Yeah, so there we go. What do you got cooking for... Uh, do you have any? Yeah, you do have something cooking for next Tuesday. Yeah, a few weeks ago, or actually one week ago, uh, you talked about Fine Young Cannibals, She Drives Me Crazy, and mentioned that it was in a Don Cherry yes. Rock'em Sock'em uh, video. Yes. I got another one. We're going to talk about Animotion and Obsession. Yes, hashtag marketing. Yeah. The Super Hits podcast. Yeah, looking forward to that one. That's Synergy. coming up in a few short days, and uh, that will also be the uh, last... Uh, episode that i host in the old studio as in the uh, old studio I mean, to say goodbye and moving the moseying on down the road yeah the, say. yeah moving to a super secret location for the new studio so yes uh we're gonna try not to miss a beat um if for some reason we have a snag we may go weekly for a bit but uh yeah. we are coming up on the summer where we are going to go weekly but for now we're still yeah. tuesdays and fridays so check anywhere you find your podcasts for new episodes we have yeah. 116 as of right now so Uh, Yeah, go back and check the back catalog. We're also on Spotify. Our playlist, Super Hits Podcast playlist, is on Spotify and iTunes. Super Hits Podcast at gmail.com if you want to request a song or hit us up. Twitter at Super Hits Cast and Instagram at Super Hits Podcast. I am Slip, the five eyes are Snoop. I'm Jamie C. My website, megamix.com.com. Thanks for listening, friends. See ya.